I want to quote what former U.S. Secretary of Education Arne Duncan in 2009 stated, and I quote, to keep America competitive and to make the American dream of equal educational opportunity a reality, we need to recruit, reward, train, learn from, and honor a new generation of talented teachers. But the bar must be raised for successful teacher preparation programs because we ask much more of teachers today than even a decade ago. Today, teachers are asked to achieve significant academic growth for all students at the same time that they instruct students with ever more diverse needs. Teaching has never been more difficult, it has never been more important, and the desperate need for more student success has never been so urgent. Are we adequately preparing future teachers to win this critical battle? End quote. Welcome to episode 113 of the Teacher Rockstar Podcast, a place where tips and strategies critical to the new teacher are discussed. Today we will be talking about innovative education for the 21st century with our guest, Brantley Turner. But before we do, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Would you like to supercharge your classroom management skills? Well, if you're a teacher with less than five years of classroom experience, a student teacher, or a teacher returning back to the classroom after an extended absence, the Teacher Rockstar Academy course is for you. Gain the confidence, the skills you'll need to make all the difference in the world for our boys and girls. Enroll now at tra.teacherclassroomresources.com. I believe you can transform yourself into becoming a truly great teacher. It just takes the right tools and the right approach. Before we dive into today's topic, I'd like to share with you some interesting things about our special guest, Brantley Turner. Drawing on 25 years of China-based work and 10 years as the founding principal of the only Sino-U.S. independent, cooperatively-run high school approved by the Ministry of Education in China, Brantley is consistently ahead of conversations that others are having about globalized education for the 21st century. Driven by a belief in the power of disruption, Chi Bao Dwight is a living laboratory that allows those within it to experiment with the assumptions and worldviews that we all hold and the way those can hinder or empower us to advance. She is committed to restless innovation in leadership and management, school improvement, and a cutting-edge arts program that drives student outcomes unmatched in China. This unique school setting is used as an example for policymaking in Beijing that shapes education in China and around the world. Brantley is recognized for her pioneering work with East-West school leadership and impeccable Chinese communication skills. Welcome to the show, Brantley. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I'm so excited to have you share your expertise with us today. So, Brantley, tell our listeners about your pioneering work with East-West school leadership and globalized education. I'd love for you to share your journey with us. Absolutely. Well, Steve, you know, uh, you and I, as we were preparing, have talked a lot about innovation, this big word, this big complex topic. And it's such a gift to be able to talk a little bit about how Chibao Dwight, you just described it as a living laboratory, has been a space for us to explore that innovation. And, you know, that's really what it's all about to me. Because at the end of the day, innovating is solving human problems, right? And at right. Chibao Dwight, we look to solve the problem of providing a different educational opportunity for our students in grades 10 through 12, primarily Chinese nationals, but open to all international students as well. And those are Chinese national students doing an international curriculum plus a couple Chinese national subjects and then leaving China for higher education. So I'm so happy to, to have the chance to share. And I just want to break it down. You know, at the end of the day, Chi Bao Dwight, where we've been successful is just quite simply looking at things from a different angle. 
And I think mm-hmm. that's really the core of, of what innovation is all about to me, right? It's solving those human problems, looking at things from a different angle. And hopefully uh, the outcome for our students is that they're just leaving school more curious than they were when they entered. Absolutely. that That's that's excellent there. You know, but now could you explain, Brantley, the term innovative education? I, I know you, you touched on it, but what does innovation or innovative education actually look like? Well, you know, I'm so tired of the term in a way, right? It, it, mm-hmm. It's We hear it so often and you wonder, you know, is this kind of just an empty signifier that just says something and everybody has a different interpretation of? And I think too often innovation focuses on what each individual teacher might be doing in their classroom with innovative practices and technology or different approaches to their day to day. And I applaud teachers who are doing that and who are who are trying to innovate at their own level. But we've got to have a macro framework that teachers can feel like they can hang their hat on to recognize that they're doing something innovative. And what that I think we as administrators owe teachers is first of all, you got to have and require the space to fail occasionally or often, because if teachers are not in a safe space to take risks, you cannot expecting them to be pushing and driving innovation in their classrooms. At the same time, we've got to look at policies and you know laws that govern education in each system. So while Chi Bao Dwight is in China, it is a highly regulated uh, you know environment for education. And some 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 listeners may feel like, well, goodness, I can't apply anything that she's been doing back to my own situation here in the United States. But the point is, yes, read policy, understand it, look for the gray area, understand where you've got space to move. I mean, that's really what we did in getting Chi Bao Dwight started. We said, nobody's doing this yet, but there is a policy in place that we think we can take advantage of and we can try to do this. And the rest of it was just reconciling ourselves to the fact that we may not get it done. And once we were comfortable with that, it was just, let's go. And I do think that the the only lesson that I would hope to share is, you know, all environments are high stakes. China and my environment in Shanghai was certainly very high stakes with parents with high expectations and students with a lot of stress and pressure. But at the same time, just looking at how you as an educator, great educators work within the parameters of their own school or school district reality and still nurture those innovative learning opportunities for their students by just trying something different. Right. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure there are so many challenges, you know, faced by uh, our our teachers nowadays. What what do you feel, uh, Brantley, are some of the challenges faced by 21st century teaching? I mean, is it the technology in and of itself? Yeah, I mean, is it our, our mind mindset here? You know, is it policy maker? You know, uh, what's your take on that? You know, when I think about the the challenge of of the global challenge and also a challenge that we face daily in our classrooms, we start with character. Mm-hmm. We start with thinking about that that how our students, how our colleagues, how those around us, how our districts, how our local government, how our national government is going to respond to a fast changing and uncertain world. And it requires a level of tenacity, resolve, you know, and and real focus on not only what is the character of your school, what is the character daily in your classroom? And I know that some people may be thinking, well, goodness, I mean, how is character connected to what you're talking about with Mm -hmm. innovation? But Right. It starts with that nurturing. It starts with our in our fundamental task as teachers. 
which right. is we can't teach an innovative mindset. We cannot tell our students a definition of innovation and tell them to go out and do that and go out and make change and contribute responsibly. But we can nurture it. And we nurture it by starting with those expectations around character in our classroom. And, you know, again, we could bridge into global citizenship and the global ethics and how challenges facing the, you know, us in the United States are global challenges. But I think that, you know, that would be my answer, kind of coming at it from the other side, which is to say it starts with people, it starts with character, and, and at the end of the day, it starts with empathy and care for others. Okay, that is that is great. Uh, um, can you tell us, like, how can teachers create now a, a 21st century learning environment that is truly meaningful? That That's the key, you know? Um, how can they do this now? Uh, and, and, you know, if I was a new teacher coming on board and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I mean, this, this is really cool. How do I do this? You know, what, what would be your answer to them? Well, you know, and I would, I would respond with the question and, and, you know, I wonder if people listening might wonder this, do we know an innovative educator when we see one? <laughs> how do yeah, we I would know? I, yeah, I think that right, probably you know, not. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel that, I mean, I'm not sure that I would wear the hat of innovative principle. Um, in fact, I would find it kind of funny to think of myself that way. But mm -hmm. what I do think about, and I, and I wish for each teacher to be able to embrace is number one, right? All teachers from all subject areas at all different levels of, of teaching, whether that's pre-K to higher ed, really are on an artistic journey. And, and one of the reasons that I think it, it, it talked about the kind of cutting edge arch program, which we've done in China, which is really just more about making space for ideas that uh, need to be shared. And they have a safe space in which to do that. I would say that's what's innovative about our art program. Mm -hmm. But I really think about each teacher's journey in the profession as an artistic journey towards seeking fulfillment and job satisfaction. And we as leaders in schools must approach each individual faculty member's journey as part of serving the school in a holistic way and growing that trust and, and ensuring that we don't betray our teachers in terms of, you know, the institution betraying them and that we can sort of help each teacher with that journey. And so I would say to teachers, don't give yourself the pressure of having to think about, well, goodness, should I label this innovative or not? But if you start by looking at the arc of your own journey as this kind of innovative process, I think you start to bring in that spirit of, I'm going to try difficult things that make me uncomfortable as a teacher. I'm going to have a conversation right. about something that I've seen that doesn't sit well with me and that I want to explore further. And I'm going to listen to the ideas of others that I also may not be comfortable with. And so again, I think it's that not negating the other person's point of view, not negating what somebody else's reality might be, but really building rapport and, and creating that safe space. If you don't have that safe space for dialogue, for competing ideas, for sitting with discomfort and for paradox, I don't believe you can innovate. Right. You know, and one thing I think about too, the teacher obviously has to have admin support. In other words, the freedom uh, for their students to fail. Uh, and, uh, you know, so much is, 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 rested on test scores. You know, and I think a kid is more more than just a test score. I think that's what a lot of teachers probably run into is admin support. And what what's your feelings on that? Well, for you sure. Know? And and frankly, like that whole yardstick to which you're referring, I mean, if somebody were to 
give, you know, put a yardstick up against what we've done at school, frankly, that's an assessment that I would feel pretty uncomfortable with because how in the world do we kind of measure that innovation? And so I think if we look at ourselves through an assessment lens, we start to think about how challenging that is for students. So just thinking about some different curricula, you know, I've taught in the international baccalaureate and I ran an IB world school. So I'm coming from that context and and many in the United States are not, but I've done AP uh, advanced placement college board curriculum. I've run an A-level program, which is Cambridge UK curriculum. I've worked in Chinese national schools. So I've had a real experience of what one would find more in the international curriculum landscape. And the only thing I have to say about assessment is during the pandemic, when those exams could not go forward, Mm-hmm. And Cambridge curriculum pivoted to a portfolio of evidence where evidence was being gathered by teachers and shared as evidence of the student work. And the IB pivoted away from the the, the exams that are sat each spring and each November mm-hmm. globally. And they went to an internal assessment where the written work, six to 12 page essays in most subjects, were then externally assessed. I think that to me is a sliver of where we're going with thinking about the assessment of skills, the assessment of an articulation of understanding of content, not just a rote kind of response of content. And look, I mean, it takes resources, it takes money. And I worry most about the inequity in different school systems that will not allow for that. Absolutely. I do think we need, we need a change. We need that transition to happen. Absolutely. You know, and, and which kind of leads me to this next point I wanted to ask you about is, you know, how, how can we prepare students for jobs, Brantley, that, that we don't even know, uh, that we, that, that don't even exist right now, you know, um, just what, what would be some things that we would have to put in place to, to do that? Well, there's no question that's very intimidating and scary. And and I mm-hmm. think that as we talk about technology and the kind of, you know, coming singularity, right, when when machines and and, and humankind are, are indistinguishable in many ways. Um, we can see our students maybe writing essays with chat GPT, new AI. I mean, it is terrifying to think about a situation in which we are needing to compete with machines in so many different ways. But we must celebrate and enhance and further develop those things which make us fundamentally unique. And to me, you know, again, educating students for the future is going to be leveraging empathy, leveraging creativity, leveraging communication. You could think that with with AI, artificial intelligence, the need for learning different languages will not be important. But to me, learning another language is to walk in the shoes of that person to embrace and understand their culture. And I think we are going to need to further emphasize those characteristics which make us uniquely human in order to face what may come our way. Uh, We're also going to have to get wise about the implications of AI and the implications of of, of, a, a machine world. And I think that we do our students a disservice by not creating opportunities for them to learn more and access that information. Technology, educational technology, and you know, just general technology will be a fundamental skill set. Coding, cybersecurity, and all of those jobs that are going to be important. And are we helping our students, particularly in in situations in which all of their education is coming through their school district, and they don't have the opportunity for after school programs, and you know. In, in coding or tech, um, are we helping 
those young people survive what's coming. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Are. <laughs> you know, and, and I wonder too if our school districts will ever get away from, you know, uh, multiple choice end of year exams, you know, and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, what's your sense of things? Do you think we'll ever get away from that? I mean, do you think it'll go to, you know, a, a, a portfolio kind of uh, assessment for each child as they go through uh, the grades, you know? Um, I think it's very, I think one of the challenges is that this validation that comes from that outcome, Mm-hmm. That how do we in our systems support the journey versus just supporting the outcome? And that, and that was kind of what I was trying to get at with teachers. If teachers start to think about their careers as a journey and not just driven and forced into situations where everything is a credential chase. Yeah. You know, it it's the system is an, is in dire need of a re, reboot, but I do not see that reboot coming. And like you said, through the testing and, and the problem is you need, you need ways to assess progress. You do. Yeah. So, you do. so it's hard to say, you know, just get rid of all tests and, and that's going to solve the problems that we're having. But certainly the world of content driven learning is failing us because we've got content at our fingertips. Right. Right. And I'm thinking a, a lot of the multiple choice, it's kind of like rote, you know, rote memory, mm-hmm. you know, what about the child that, it's not good at that sort of thing. And that's why I always thought like a portfolio based kind of assessment um, strategy would, would probably be better. Now, again, resources, time, and all this other good stuff. I know that has to be, be addressed as well. Brantley, let me ask you something. Uh, what would be your biggest takeaway that you would want every teacher to know when creating a culture of 21st century learning? Now you alluded to a lot of it, but is there any any additional thing you might like to add? I think just what I would say is teachers are so incredibly important. And I know leaving the profession in many different arena. And I would say, you know, if anything to promote the the 21st century mindset of teachers is how absolutely desperately the profession needs them and that if you that we should encourage so many more to enter the teaching profession to understand the craft of teaching and you know i think that again there is no 21st century learning without teachers and educators in the classroom so as an administrator again using my administrator lens it is that that teaching group is my team and i must nurture them and support them and guide them as much as they are nurturing and supporting and guiding students in their classrooms. So I would just say 21st century is a topic that, that, that is moot if we do not do a better job of supporting teachers and celebrating them in the profession. And that to me is the great crisis. All right. Absolutely. Uh, Brantley, where can our listeners go to learn more about you? Do you have a, you know, so I don't, I well, so basically the best is LinkedIn, um, Brantley Turner on LinkedIn, just because I was in China for so long, although I am back in New York now. Uh-huh. And so I don't have quite as much social media as maybe some other folks do, given that firewall that I was behind for a long time. So yeah. uh, LinkedIn, and of course, if anybody sends me a message or connects there, I will, I will certainly stay in touch. Okay. All right. Well, Brantley, you know, I want to thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Um, I, I, I really look forward to having you back on a show again. I really, there's so much that we could talk about this. We could probably talk for hours, huh? You know, no, I really appreciate it, Steve. It's such a, it's such a pleasure. And, uh, I hope that 
some of the teachers, I know you have a lot of teachers that are new to the profession listening. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope if anything that they feel celebrated for what they're doing each day and uh, definitely applauded by me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Brantley. And thank you again so much. All right. Take care, Steve. Uh-huh. Well, we have come to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Teacher Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hiles, and we hope you got some golden nuggets about innovative education for the 21st century that will give you pause to think about the future needs of your students going forward. When you get a moment, visit my blog and subscribe to my newsletter for the latest educational research, best practices, and unadvertised free bonuses. Go to blog teacherclassroomresources.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us at the Teacher Rockstar Podcast. And if you'd like to support us, please feel free to share our podcast with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. That would be greatly appreciated as always. Thanks again, and we'll see you same time, same place. And remember, my friend, you got this.